Hello, everyone. Today, we are joined by Dr. Thomas Girassi. Today, we will be discussing the topic of TMS. Um, now, I'm going to hand it over to Dr. Girassi. Um, can you please introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Dr. Thomas Girassi. I'm an osteopathic physician and a specialist in emergency medicine. However, I got interested in TMS and then another therapy that we'll talk about called MERT. Uh, due to my own family's struggles with depression and anxiety. I then became an expert in these, and I have my own uh, MERT clinic in San Carlos, California. So today, like Dr. Drossi said, we will be discussing TMS and a few other therapy methods. So before we start, could you go into some depth about what these treatments do and what they aim to treat? Of course. Uh, TMS is the short name for transcranial magnetic stimulation. It started to be studied way back in 1984, and after many years of research, it became FDA-approved for the treatment of depression and obsessive-compulsive disorder, or OCD, we call it, in 2009. So it's FDA-approved to treat those two conditions. It just recently became FDA-approved to treat cigarette addiction. Um, and what it involves is the application of a magnetic field to your brain. Um, and after a great deal of research, what appears to work uh, the best for most people is a, a heavy eight pound magnetic coil applied to nor generally <clears throat> the left frontal lateral part of the brain. Um, and it involves five second bursts of magnetic stimulation. Five seconds of magnetic stimulation and about 30 seconds of rest. And this goes on for about 30 minutes. Uh, in old-fashioned TMS, there is no EEG taken. There is no looking at anyone's brain. And there is no customization to this therapy. It, everyone gets the exact same treatment. Um, it is um, moderately effective, though especially for depression. It appears that about 35% of patients who receive this report a complete uh, alleviation of all depressive symptoms. They're off, they get off their antidepressants if they are on them and they feel normal. Mm -hmm. Another 35% report a very um, substantial decrease in their depressive symptoms. And some of them also get off their antidepressant medication. Some of them are people who cannot tolerate antidepressant medication because all medications have multiple side effects and the antidepressants are no exception. Um, and about another, unfortunately, 25 to 30 percent of patients record no improvement at all. Um, uh, the numbers are about the same for obsessive compulsive disorder. For cigarette smoking, that is an, a bit of an oddity because this treatment works for all types of addiction, um, but it's only been approved for cigarette addiction. But we all know uh, alcohol addiction, uh, drug addiction is uh, absolutely devastating mm -hmm. to people's health and welfare and benefit and actually the health of, of the entire family. <laughs> Um, and this treatment is actually effective for those, although it's not FDA approved. 
What I do is the next generation of TMS, and its short name is MERT. Its full name is Magnetic E-Resonance Therapy, and it's capital M, little e, capital R, capital T, if you want to look that up um, or uh, Google it, excuse me. That's what you would Google. Uh, what MERT does is approximately 10 years ago, some neuroscientists and neurosurgeon started looking at, at using EEGs before and during TMS to personalize and guide the TMS. Um, and in their research, they learned that the magnetic coil could be put in different parts of the head and that the people can also be treated with less magnetic force. So they have less side effects. Um, and also this treatment is actually more effective for depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, which is an, an anxiety state actually, Asperger's and autism. Um, and Asperger's is also an anxiety state. Um, and addiction disorders. Um, so uh, it's also quite effective for people post head injury with concussion, mental fogginess, um, like due to medications or chemotherapy, that's called chemo brain. Um, it's, it's quite effective for all of those disorders also. So it's, it's more effective for more issues. Uh, it's more personalized and, and guided. Uh, however, it's not FDA approved. So it's called off-label treatment um, for any of those conditions. So that's, that's the, the short skinny on transcranial magnetic stimulation and on MERT therapy. Okay, so you mentioned cigarette addiction. So can you go really briefly over what TMS stimulates in the brain, like what structures and what parts of the brain it stimulates to kind of help combat this addiction? Well, it actually stimulates and affects the entire brain. Now, the coil is placed over the left dorsal lateral um, cortex, and, and it, it affects the amygdala. So the amygdala deep in the brain is our emotional center, and it's surrounded by the hippocampus. And together, they work to regulate and control our emotional states. Well, it's our emotional states that really cause us all of our trouble in life. If we had no emotions, we wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't have a whole lot of our problems, but we also wouldn't be human at all. So um, uh, if you stimulate the amygdala, and we've known this for many, many, many years, and if you put a, like an electrode in different parts of it and turn on the electrode, uh, like an, an animal will go in complete rage. You can, yeah. just turn, you can just turn the electrode, animal will attack anything around it. Also, a, a different part of the amygdala, the animal will have uh, sublime feelings like cocaine addiction. Uh, we've learned that, that the animal will actually prefer that stimulation over um, food, which is yeah. rare for rats and rodents and, and other lower species to prefer anything to food. Um, and so, the opposite is also true as well, right? I, uh, I remember reading the study that in animals, the, the amygdala was actually like altered in a way that it wouldn't function. And um, these animals no longer got aggressive or mad at some certain stimulation. You're, you're right. It depends what, what area of the amygdala is being stimulated yeah. or what area doesn't work. Mm -hmm. so, um, so that's really our emotional center. And that's deep in the brain. In the in the midbrain, and that's where the TMS coil actually is is directed at. In Merck, we direct the 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 
magnetic stimulation to different parts of the brain, but we, you know, we affect the amygdala and, uh, and, and the treatment actually affects the entire brain. It, we know for fact that the, whether it's TMS or MERT, we know that they increase the two neurotransmitters, dopamine, which is one of the very uh, widely based neurotransmitters. The other is glutathione, which is actually the neurotransmitter that is in the greatest concentration in the brain. We, we don't have proof that it increases serotonin, which is the main one uh, around depression. A lot of antidepressant medications are uh, drugs that increase circulating serotonin in the brain. The other uh, uh, very powerful effect of MERT, and we think TMS also, but we're not quite certain, is that they increase BDNF. And BDNF is brain-derived neurotropic factor. And that is essentially the brain's growth hormone. Um, and uh, we actually make new brain cells, new dendrites, new neurons, new connections with MERT. So we actually see people become intellectually a little smarter. And we can see people with early Alzheimer's and, like I said, post-head injury and with chemo brain actually re re improve their recall, re improve their memory, um, and essentially be a little more intelligent. So that's another very powerful effect of this treatment. Really, so MERT has actually induced neurogenesis in these patients. Exactly. And, wow. and that goes on for many months. I mean, the, the treatment protocols are for such a length of time, but for months afterwards, people keep improving. Like you've said, you've handled patients and you actually conduct these TMS MERT um, treatments. So can you describe the effectiveness of these treatments that you've seen firsthand in your patients? And you've already mentioned some, like this neurogenesis comes with increased in intellect. Um, what other things have you noticed in these patients? Sure. I treat um, patients with autism uh, because this is also very effective at, at, at uh, autistic children and adults in reestablishing the social connections that they're born without. So they'll start making eye contact and start speaking and start understanding human interaction uh, with the treatment. I've seen that uh, multiple times. It's, MERT is very powerful in mm -hmm. autism. In depression and anxiety, uh, people feel much better after treatment. And like I said, they've gotten off their medication. Um, and in addiction, uh, it, it seems to decrease the urge to smoke or drink alcohol or do illegal drugs by about 50%. So it doesn't completely decrease the urge to do these things that are very self-destructive. But if people are motivated to get off the drugs, the alcohol or the cigarettes, this is very powerful because 50% is a big reduction in drive. Um, and those people are not in control of that drive. That's what addiction is. It's, it's you know, it's, it's not a choice that they're making. It is, it is um, a drive that is out of control. So I have patients with addiction issues that have completely changed their life after treatment. They've, they're off everything. They don't, they don't do any of the hard drugs that they used to do. They don't drink. They don't even smoke cigarettes anymore. And they all have jobs and relationships that are functional. These are people that pretty much never had a functional relationship because the alcohol or the drugs were always in the way. They, they come first with addiction. No, 
human interaction comes first. It's that drug or alcohol, whatever you're addicted to is the single most important thing in those people's life and controls their life. So when you can get rid of that, people's lives completely change. So um, I have not uh, honestly had, a, had my own patient with bipolar disorders and, and obsessive compulsive disease. I haven't taken care of one of those yet. They, they're, they're less common. But of course, anxiety and depression are quite common. Um, addiction next, and then autism is, is a big part of my practice. And like I said, you see great changes in their ability to function socially in, in society. Yeah, so if this practice um, becomes more widespread in the future, maybe like 10, 20 years, our main concern is that people who might seek these treatments may be turned down because of their financial status. So how do you think this treatment will be made more affordable for these people? There's, there's two ways. One is um, the machinery is getting easier to make and, um, and, and cheaper to make. Um, another is there's a brand new treatment protocol coming out for home treatment. So home treatment in, uh, you know, involves much less time by us physicians and our neurotechnicians. We set the patient up with the equipment, we do an EEG, we counsel them, and then we send them home to treat themselves every day. Mm -hmm. So that, that cuts the cost by like 80 or 90%. Um, another is if these treatments can all be FDA approved. Yeah. As, as FDA approvals come in, then insurance companies have to cover them. They've actually been sued for not covering TMS and they lost. So now they're covering TMS, um, but only under very narrow conditions because insurance companies are not anxious to pay for this, frankly. Yeah. Um, and, um, and, and they make patients jump through a lot of hoops to get it paid for. So if patients have to pay for it out of pocket, um, it's, it's going to remain expensive because it's quite labor intensive for us physicians and our technicians. Yeah, so on that note, you mentioned um, like the technology being more reproductible and them being able to take some of that home. So it the, cuts the cost by 80%. How do you think that that technology and in the future will affect the role of healthcare workers like physicians and these technologists? Sure. Well, right now, like I said, there's that you have to come into our clinic and we have a, a big, heavy, expensive piece of machinery that provides the magnetic stimulation. Mm -hmm. And just so that the average person understands, the machinery is sixty to one to ninety-one thousand dollars just for that machinery, um, and we have technicians that have to operate it. So it's like going to the dentist; what they have all that equipment in the dental clinic, all of that clinic, and all those dental assistants and hygienists—you know—cost the dentist a significant amount of money to take good care of your teeth. Same same problem with. Um, TMS and MERT, the same issues. Um, the new devices that we can do home treatment with are quite small. Um, and like I said, we set, we set you know, the patient up and we see the patient in the office twice, then they go home and then we can actually um, you know, communicate with them via Zoom, via FaceTime, or just even texting and email. And then, and then after a month or so, have them come back and redo an EEG. So now we're looking at just three visits, um, each of which is less than 30 minutes, because um, to, to do an EEG takes about 30 minutes total time. 
Um, so you have, you have a, a much, much greater ability to care for more patients with the same amount of manpower. So if this therapy truly though becomes more popular, we will have many more people in, the, in this world doing it because you won't have to have this huge capital expense of 60 to $91,000. And um, the machinery to do the home treatment is quite small. I mean, I could, I could put five or six of these on my desk easily. And that's, that's all the space they take. And then the patient takes it home and actually puts it on their head for 30 minutes a day. So that's what's coming down the pike now that could greatly increase the number of patients who can receive this treatment. So in addition to that, if these treatments become so effective and so refined in the way that they actually like almost completely eradicate any form of depression or anxiety, how do you think therapists and counselors will react to this and how will their job be impacted? So far, they've been very, very supportive of this um, for their most difficult patients. Uh, there are a great many patients out there with mild anxiety or episodes of depression for whom talk therapy, which is what therapists do, is, is, is works for them. I mean, okay. you know, over, over time, they get much better and they, they don't need any, any uh, medication or they don't need uh, TMS and they don't need MERT. Okay. So I don't, the therapists are not going to go away. Um, this supplements what therapists do. So if they get worried about a patient, they send them to say a psychiatrist to put them on medication. They could send them to me instead or to me also for this treatment if they feel that this is appropriate. The great majority of therapists right now are not really familiar with this. They've heard of it and that's about it. They really are not trained in this at all. Um, so they, they don't utilize it. This will become an, an addition to the, the therapy that they receive, the uh, excuse me, the training that they receive to provide you know, group and individual therapy to people. This will be an addition to that. It will be send the patient to the psychiatrist when they need medication, send the patient to some one of us who, who can provide this kind of treatment. That makes their job kind of easier in a way because they can just refer their more like patients that are more troubled, have more, they can refer them to TMS to get them hopefully more situated. Exactly. And if, you know, TMS and MERT, you know, we can't erase yeah. the horrible things that have happened to people in the past. And a lot of, you know, people have very chronic problems after, you know, physical assaults, sexual assaults, war. I can't tell you how many soldiers we've treated. Um, after the, coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan and being in war. Um, these things all damage the brain, truly change the way we think. Emotional trauma actually rewires our brain in a very bad way. Um, they, they are excellent at treating those patients and the ones that they can't help or they can only help so much should come and see us. And then they should still go back to the therapist. They may feel much, much better, but they still have things they have to talk out. Um, so we're never going to totally re replace therapy. We're just another um, tool in the toolbox for these patients. So adding on to this, what do you like predict the long-term effects of these treatments to be maybe in like 30 years from now? Yeah, good question. The way it is right now, TMS and MERT, when you look at EEGs and you, and you do patient testing, uh, the treatment seems to last approximately two years. Um, two years is a long time if you're suffering from bad anxiety or bad depression or um, 
or PTSD. Uh, and that gives people a chance to really, you know, change the other things in their life that are um, troubling them. So if they start to slip back in two years, they, they have two full years of success um, going forward to build on. They can also come back and receive treatment again. So there's a couple of interesting things going down the road many years from now. I could see what we do becoming a standard of care for people uh, who have severe anxiety, depression, PTSD, um, and even addiction, because all of those cost huge amounts of money and productivity. Many people don't work. People get on uh, uh, disability and that can be lifelong. And that's you know, very expensive to the government, to the, the country, um, much not even talking about the patient's mental health and how miserable they are and people around them also. So you get this treatment and it turns your life around. You're now, you know, happy, productive member of society. Everyone benefits from that. So I could yeah. see many years from now us becoming uh, one of the standards of care, um, but it's not, we're a long way from that. And, that, and it takes many years for any novel treatment in medicine to become a standard of care. It's, it's a fit about, the studies show it's about a 17 year turnaround from the time we show that some treatment is very effective and helpful to the time it becomes expected treatment that you definitely give people with problems. 17 years is a long time for more research to come out and then research on top of that research and then doctors to talk about this. And all that time, the treatment is slowly becoming part of our yeah. society, Hopefully. but it's not standard of care. So that is one of the main goals to make it a standard for everyone so that everyone has access to it. I think it will be. I think it will be a mm -hmm. standard of care in 15 years or, or so. Uh, like I said, a long period of time. Um, it doesn't, this just doesn't happen quick and easy. Yeah. Um, so that was the last question, but something I like to end off on is I like to ask, um, what do you think we can do to combat the stigma surrounding TMS? Because while researching some of the facts about TMS, um, I found a multitude of articles that were like, is TMS a hoax? Does TMS like cause like negative effects or whatever? Um, I think this is a lot of portrayal by the media of like, I know ECT, like people might confuse TMS and ECT, but um, ECT is shown to have a lot of negative effects, especially in like movies with like shock therapy and such. So how do you think we could combat the stigma? Well, um, electroshock therapy has actually come back and, yeah. and is actually an effective treatment for severe depression. Um, but people look at it and like see kind of get kind of scared. And well, they know, they know the they know the play and the book and the movie Cuckoo's Nest, and yeah. and they think they think electroshock is is something horrible, but it really is not. Mm -hmm. um, it was it was sort of kind of a standard of care way back in the sixties and seventies, and then they dropped it, and now it's come back. TMS is not nearly as powerful. Um, it is an adjunctive mental health treatment for depression. And, and, you know, it's FDA approved for, like I said, depression, obsessive compulsive disorder, and cigarette addiction. So um, 
you're, you are right though. There's unfortunately, well, there's still a stigma applied to people taking antidepressants and, and other psychotropic medication. That hasn't completely gone away. Uh, what I enjoy seeing and what I think is the most helpful thing are high profile individuals, that is movie stars and, and pop stars. Um, and we don't see it with big politicians. You don't see it with corporate CEOs because they have careers and they're still worried about the stigma. But you see more and more uh, very high profile people, especially in the entertainment world, openly talking about their mental you know, health and, and their disorders. And I can think of a bunch right offhand um, who talk about it. Um, and so it's becoming more out there, more open. And I think that's the single best thing that can happen. Yeah. Yeah. Someday, hopefully, uh, it will be destigmatized where people in you know, politics or at the top of the business world don't have a problem saying, I take this antidepressant because I've struggled with this. Doesn't mean you're not a great corporate CEO. It just means you struggled with, with depression. Same thing in politics. You can be a, you know, a really very effective United States Senator or Congressman or Congresswoman and admit to taking an antidepressant or getting therapy um, for that. Um, and you're right though, the stigma is still there. Mm -hmm. um, and those people don't talk about this. Um, but I do appreciate, especially in the entertainment world, a lot of big stars now, now openly talking about issues they've had and treatments they've had. Yeah, I do hope that's the way that this goes. And I hope that's the way of the future where people can openly talk about whatever they want without mm -hmm. being shunned or like cast out. But that's all I have for you today, Dr. Jurassi. Um, I hope to see you. I hope to talk to you soon. Um, this was great. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. And like I said, anyone who's uh, interested in this, uh, the company that developed MERT is named Wave Neuroscience. And they have a website. You could go on and you could read their research. I think there's six articles posted on their site. Um, it's waveneuroscience.com. My business is Summit Brain Health, Summit Brain Health in San Carlos. I also have a website with articles on it. Um, so there, there are resources out there if anyone wants, wants to be interested in this and read yeah. about this and, and educate themselves. Yeah. All right. Well, thank right. you so much once again. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you check out the link in the description to the Mind Maladies website. See you guys in the next episode.